personal spiritual growth, and it is the Bible. Now, danger zone here for many of you. Uh, this is such a familiar message, such a familiar sound, that it's easy to click off right now. So, before we go any farther, I want to make sure you stop for a second and do self-evaluation, okay? Self-evaluation, I can't jump into your head, I'm not at your house each day to see all how it goes, but evaluate yourself, ask yourself a couple questions. Let me help you with a couple of them. Here's one question that you can ask yourself. How much time do I spend with God on a daily basis? Self-evaluation. Ask yourself, how much time do I spend with God on a daily basis? The answer probably came to your head right away. We often can use little excuses to, uh, to talk to us about why we may not be doing it or why we haven't done it more. Um, but answer the question for what the question asks. How much time do you spend with God on a daily basis? Secondly, how much time do you spend with your Bible open? How much time do you spend with your Bible open? Now, some of you are like, well, I've got one open on the coffee table like 24-7. It's part of our decor. Um, that's not what we're talking about. Um, how much time do you have the Bible open and you're spending time in God's Word? Now, you may know the stats. We've shared them before. The average Christian spends about three minutes in God's Word a week. Three minutes a week in God's Word. That's about the average Christian. Do you know what the average pastor spends in God's Word daily? Take a guess. About three minutes daily, the average pastor spends in God's Word. It's crazy. It's crazy sounding. How much time do you spend with your Bible open each day? And finally, this, this question, um, some self-evaluation. Now, you may have to figure this, but how much time do you spend engaged in Christian conversation through the week? Now, I know the question might be, what is Christian conversation? How much time do you spend where you are legitimately speaking about God? about what he's doing, about what, uh, what he might be speaking to you about that week. How much time are you building into your kids from a, from a Christian, biblical standpoint? How much time do you spend in Christian conversation every week? So a good self-evaluation to start. Um, you, you may have just honestly answered those questions and realized, man, I don't spend hardly any time. For some of us, we might even say, I spend no time with God outside of my Sunday morning church experience during the week. Here's what you need to know. Your Christian growth is directly connected to how much time you spend in God's Word. Directly connected. Now, it's not the all in all. There's other ways God grows us and teaches us. Small groups is one of those, and we've talked about that many times. But your Christian growth is, dir is directly connected with the time you spend in God's Word. Bluntly saying, if you don't spend any time in God's Word ever, chances are Christian growth is not happening in your life. Here's the phrase I want to uh, start off with you this morning. The phrase is this, you don't have what it takes. You ever, you ever realize that? Um, that you includes me as well. You don't have what it takes. Uh, we don't have what it takes to make it through life in all the ups and downs that we might face in life, on all the awkward situations we might face, on all the roles that we have to play, whether it's for me, husband, dad, uh, pastor, whatever. We don't have what it takes to be able to do all of those things and at the end of the day say, man, I did that really, really well. Think about the times that we have to recover from pain, not just physical pain, but think about the emotional pain that happens at various points in our lives, whether something major happens or not. We deal with these types of pain. We simply don't have what it takes. So we learn as we go along, right? And we learn in two different ways, really. We learn from my own experience, from when I deal with something, when I go through something, 
and then I realize, hey, next time if I go through this, here's what I'm going to do. Have you ever uh, tried to build something uh, in, you know, your garage or the backyard or somewhere? And somewhere down the road, you're like, there's extra pieces, um, or there should be a piece, and it's not here. Or this is supposed to be this long, but it's really this long. Or you, you can fill in the blank on all those type of things, but in the end, the project looks nothing like what you were thinking it might look like. And you always say, if I had it to do over again, I would. And then you fill in that blank. We do that over and over and over in life. You learn from your experiences. And if you deal with it the second time, there would be a hope that you've learned from the first time and you will do it differently. We also learn from other people's instruction as well. We learn from their experiences. I learned from my, my son with a broken arm not to get on a little plastic John Deere tractor and roll down the hill into the bushes. Uh, bad things could end up happening uh, as I see with his arms. We learn from other people, and we learn from their instruction. So we see somebody who's gone through something or somebody shares with us something, and we say, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I need to put that into play in my life. I remember a, a young lady who was in my youth program out in Arizona, and she graduated, and she went on to college. And my first year in Chicago, I called, and I was talking to her about what was going on in life and where was she at and, and uh, how she was doing. And she said, you know, I've really... I really got into the party scene at college, and I am really kind of doing that, and I, I'm not especially proud of it, but, and she ended it by saying, I really just felt like I needed to experience all that on my own so that I could minister better to people later in my life. And I said, oh, okay, all right, tell me, tell me more about that. And she did, and, and I listened, and in the end I said, you know, the only problem is that is the stupidest thing I've ever heard. <laughs> You're going out to the party scene and, and on some nights for her getting, getting drunk or not remembering quite what was going on, what was doing for the specific purpose of better ministering to people in the future. We can learn from other people's experiences. We can learn from our own. We don't have to experience everything. We can learn from other people's instruction as well. And you know, in the end, that is simply what God's word is to us. That's what God's word is. God's word is like someone else teaching us and instructing us. It's like somebody else saying, here's what I did, you know, you don't want to do this, or here's what I did, follow this path. And then it's God saying, if you'll do this, I will do this, or if you'll do this, you'll experience this. That's what God's word is to us. So now, knowing that, I mean, think about how much sense it makes for us to, on average, spend three minutes a day in this book a week, three minutes a day on average, we spend well over three minutes per hour in TV. I do the same thing. Um, you know, the Braves capture my attention, and there's three hours of my day watching TV as well. And this is not a sermon to, to necessarily talk about whether watching TV or, or, or when you should cut it off, but it's a message to talk about how much time we're in God's Word and letting God speak to us. Check out what the Scripture says, Psalm chapter 32. Uh, I love this passage. You probably will. I will instruct you and teach you in the way you should go. I will guide you with my eye. Do not be like the horse or like the mule, which have no understanding, which must be harnessed with bit and bridle, else they will not come near to you. I mean, the imagery he's using is don't be like this stubborn horse or mule. Now, I don't know a lot about horses and, and mules. I really don't know anything. I do know, and I can tell the story later, that I won a blue ribbon riding a horse one time. 
um, I learned that uh, uh, really that, that first grade girls could not hold anything to my, to my horse riding that day. Oh, I was a grown adult at the time. <laughs> but the imagery of, of us being this, this stubborn and, and having to be pulled in every direction by this bit, but God's word will teach us and instruct us the way we should go. It'll, it'll guide us and teach us what we should do. God's plan, above anything else, is a phrase that we've used many times, and that is that you are responsible for feeding yourself. You really are. You're responsible for feeding yourself. And being in God's house on Sunday morning is incredibly important in our lives. 58 verses in the Bible speak about the need to be in God's house and the fellowship and the community, but you have to feed yourself as far as being in God's word, getting in God's word daily, and receiving and growing and learning from him. I brought a bunch of materials up here on stage, a bookshelf worth of things, and some of these things you have even seen in the past, and I've showed you some of these, some of these items, but I thought, you know, here's a whole bookshelf worth. In fact, we have a, a pretty nice setup in our library back here of resources that are available to you. There's Bible studies and film series and all kinds of stuff back there, and I wanted to show you a few things that, that we have back here. Now, I put this up here. This this three-part series from Thomas Oden is pretty incredible. I mean, if you've ever read any Thomas Oden, this is a three-part series, God, Jesus, the Holy Spirit, that will just systematically walk you through the theology of God, the theology of Jesus, and the Holy Spirit from Genesis all the way through the end of the Bible. Now, they're big. They're nice big books. So if you like to be challenged, go for it. But incredibly rich stuff in there. How about The Purpose Driven Life? I mean, that was the bestseller for years and years from Rick Warren. You know, a, a very a powerful book about what purpose we have in our life. But, you know, we have great other things. I mean, look, this, this section in the middle is these kind of commentary or Bible helps, teaching you about the New Testament, the Old Testament, a book of the Bible, being able to walk through and what's the background, what's, what's this commentary that goes with it, what was happening uh, during the day. There's even a book in here that will help you uh, define terms. You look in the Bible, you read a word and go, what exactly does that mean in the Bible? Or what is the author getting at there? You get this concordance where you look it up and you find out what it type is. You know, many of you are familiar with the Experiencing God series. You've walked through it, the film series or the book series, a powerful thing that churches use today, even though it's many years old, on helping people really experience what God has to offer. There's some other stuff down here on the, on the bottom as well, a film series down here. And we have many film Bible study series. You know, for some of you that say, man, I just don't, don't want to sit and read that much. You know, you, you pop in this DVD and you can work through uh, these Bible study series and they're all different. All of these are incredible resources that we have available for you here at the church. And then there's other places, easy places for you to be able to go. But here's the problem. None of these are a substitute to this. None of these will impact your life the way this will impact your life. And we often, we run to this and these well before we run to this. In fact, uh, I don't know if the stat holds true a as much today, but there was a, uh, a period of time where Christian resources, music and curriculum and all that kind of stuff, that was the fastest growing uh, industry out there. And yet, we still spend less and less time just in God's Word and spending time reading in God's Word. These can never be a substitute for what God wants to share in here. Remember, at the end of the day, much of this 
is people interpreting God's word. Now, they're bright and intelligent people, and there's much to be gained from here, and we should stick our nose in these books, but never as a substitute to just being in God's word. Because remember, your Christian growth is directly connected to the time you spend in God's word. So uh, the, the thing often comes up, or the phrase often comes up, but I just don't really understand the Bible. Have you ever said that? Have you ever thought that? Um, it's okay to say yes. I said it myself uh, many times. Uh, even now, there's times where I read a passage and I go, what does that mean? What is God even getting at there? And, uh, and I have to break it down and start figuring it out. So this morning in our remaining time, I want to give you just a little tool that can help you in getting in God's word and, and to study God's word and, and even writing down some of the stuff you find. You know, the first way is, is simply taking God's word and reading it as a story, reading it as a story. Did you know that from Genesis to Revelation all the way through, there is one clear flowing story in God's word. It goes all the way through God's word. But I would encourage you, if you have never really read the Bible much uh, or you don't know much about it, starting in, in uh, the very beginning, it'll be awesome for a little while as you're working through Genesis and some of the stories. There's incredible stories in Genesis. But you might get a little bogged down when you get to the law, and you'll get, you might get a little frustrated and bothered and i don't know what i'm reading and what is this and you might even go wow this is a little boring uh in what you're reading that some of that material is harder to process and work through and here's what i'd say if you're new to the bible and, and you haven't read much it's okay to skip it it's okay read god's word as story there are so many stories in here in fact in the bible there's probably you know 40 plus percent of the bible maybe more is actually narrative, stories, and it shares about people's lives and, and what they've gone through and how they obeyed God and how they disobeyed God and what happened, how they led nations and some of them leading you know, nations in the name of the Lord and some of them turning from God. It's an incredible story. All the way through the Old Testament, it just flows on and on and on. My encouragement to you, if you're not as, as, not as accustomed to being in God's Word and you struggle putting your eyes on anything and reading, Read it a story. Find the stories in God's Word and just spend time reading. You could start somewhere like in, the, in 1 Kings and just start working through and learning about some of the stories. Maybe you, in the New Testament, if you just want to read about Jesus, you get into God's Word in the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and you can just read. Probably the easiest Gospel to jump into and, and understand right away would be the Gospel of, of Mark. Mark writes to a Gentile audience. Matthew writes to a Jewish audience, so there's a lot of the Jewish customs and Old Testament stuff in there that sometimes can be like, what is he talking about here? Mark writes to a Gentile audience, and so it's a little bit easier to understand and walk through. Now, when you're done with Mark, don't stop there. You've got the building block to jump back into the others and read. The book of Acts is a story about the early church. After Jesus uh, has risen from the dead and right at the beginning he ascends into heaven, and from there it tells a story about the spread of the church all the way to the end of the book of Acts. Read the Bible as story if you need to get into it and find those stories. And here's another way, uh, number two, I wanted to walk through in, in the remainder of our, our time. It's a little acrostic called SOAP. And uh, as we walk through it, um, if you're a lady out there, you can, you can hear the word journaling as we walk through this. If you're a guy out there, don't hear the word journaling at all because you'll just click off right now and you'll never do it. Um, just, you know, call it note-taking. 
uh, if you, if you want to do that. Uh, so just four little ways that could be helpful. We'll walk through one passage as well this morning, all right? And the first is this. It's the S. It's, it's Scripture. And you'll see it right on the back of your, your bulletin this morning. We put this in there for you so you could fill it out and you could take it home with you. It's Scripture. And this is when we get into God's Word and we're actually reading God's Word um, that these passages are in front of our eyes. And sometimes there's one or two passages or a phrase in a passage that kind of pops off the page and it hits us a certain way. That's the time to stop and write that passage down. Anytime it jumps out. You don't need to know why it jumps out. You don't need to know why at that moment that it's impacting you or that it, it, there's something there. Just write it down. Here's the thing, though. A lot of times people will say things like, well, I think that God is wanting me to or... You know, I just believe that, and we say those phrases before we've ever started with the S, Scripture, before we've ever started by getting into God's Word and letting God's Word speak to us on different items. You find that one passage, and you know what it is? When you write it down, this is God whispering to you, this is it, this is for you, and you write it down. And it may be that it hits you right at that day with something you're going through, or it may be that as you roll down your life, a week, two weeks, a month, a year, and you go, remember that passage that, that really meant something. Here's what I need it for. Take a look at this, this passage, Hebrews 1.9. Maybe you're familiar with it. You love justice and hate evil. Therefore, O God, your God has anointed you, pouring out the oil of joy on you more than anyone else. Let's say you're reading through Hebrews, the first chapter, and, and you hit this verse, and this is one actually from, from my time. Um, with God. In this verse, as I read it, uh, I was actually reading this during our series, Celebration of Hope, or right at the beginning, preparing for our series, Celebration of Hope, when the whole issue of, of justice and serving people was an important thing that we were working through. So, you love justice and hate evil. That just popped out to me, and I wrote it down. Um, that's it. That's all you do with the S, is you identify the scripture, whatever pops out, whatever God whispers to you, and you just, you just simply write it down. And then the O is observation. Um, and this is really when you ask, uh, you ask the question, you know, what is there? What am I really looking at here? What, am I, what, what is there that pops out to me here? You know, the question really is not, does God speak? The question is, am I listening? God is speaking. So ask some questions about the, pas the passage. Maybe find repeating words or phrases or ask, what was the one word or phrase that really meant something to me, to me here? Take a look at our passage uh, from, from Hebrews 1.9. Uh, when I look at that passage, you love justice and hate evil. And I look there and I say, you know what? I learned there's a, there's a source of favor and joy. Notice in the second part of the verse it says, you pour out joy on me more than anyone else. What's the source of that favor and that joy? It's justice. In the first part of the passage, I, I love justice. If I love justice, then God wants to pour out this joy on me. You know, I, I find that, that joy is this gift God wants to give me, give me as I uh, align myself with his justice. When I line up with his justice, then this is a gift God wants to give me. You know, if I spend time working in a commentary, which is great to do, as we shared here, and some of you, you have those resources available, or you, you're kind of designed that way where you love to study a little bit. I find in a commentary, the, the word evil here means lawlessness or ungovernable. It's the unwillingness to be led. It's the refusal to, to, be, to surrender under God. 
And so that's just observation, and I write those things down, whatever I observe, whatever's there. Notice, you could write that stuff down in just a few minutes, and it'll just take three or four sentences. You don't necessarily have to write two pages, though you might be de designed within yourself to, that's how you function, and that's how it works. Cherie's journal is, is many, many chapters longer than mine. <laughs> mine tend to be about one page uh, per, per day or per time. And then the A is the application. And this is the time where we start to ask ourselves, so what does this mean to me? What does this mean to me? What is God really saying? Probably if God whispered a passage to you, he whispered it for some specific reason in your life. And often he's even whispering it for the immediate. Now we don't only read scripture to get this one small passage that's whispered. There's lots we take in that will be of benefit. But when God whispers a specific passage, it's often because we're going through something in our life, and there's something there we need to hear. Application is where the rubber meets the road. If we spend time reading God's Word, and we even spend time writing a lot of notes and studying in commentaries and digging all over the place for, for great, incredible insights, and we refuse to apply it into our lives, it was all meaningless. It was all meaningless before. Now, the Lord might come back to that and use that in our, in our future to convict us, but God wants us to be applying his word into our life. Take a look at our passage again. Um, as I read that passage, you love justice, you hate evil, uh, the me question comes into play. How do I match up with this verse? You can use that me question in any passage you read. How do I match up with this verse? And I ask myself a few questions. Now, God wants me to be aligned with his justice. What is his justice? You know, I need to examine how willing I am to surrender before God and to, to those who God is using in my life. How willing have I been to be governed by him? Am I experiencing the joy and favor this verse talks about? If not, why not? Sometimes I think my, my life is about my daily activity. I want to make a difference in somebody else's life. Those are application-based things that you can just write down. Yours may look totally different, or you might walk and you go, I know there's one clear uh, application, and you write that one phrase down. These were four or five here that I came out of my time. And then finally, prayer. It's sealing it with the times where you go before God and seek his help. God is so serious about us spending time in conversation with him. In God's word, as we read God's word, God is speaking to us. But God wants to allow us to speak to him and to interact with him. And so here was a prayer that I wrote down. Um, Father, this is something I'd very much like to experience. Please anoint me with gladness. I will be one who loves justice and hates evil. Help me to remain teachable and submitted to those who you have placed in my life to coach, guide, and direct me. I was feeling at the time, you know, I'm a senior pastor, and I need to make sure I stay surrendered to people you've put in my life who are there to coach and guide me as well. And so that was my prayer before the Lord. Remember what our passage said in, in Psalm chapter uh, 32. I will instruct you and teach you in the way you should go. I will guide you with my eye. And this is a way that God does it, by us getting into his word, spending time reading his word, and you can use this simple soap tool to start building this, this journal or building this note base of things. For me, it just looks like one page. And I'll, if I'm honest, it's often much less than one page. But I can flip back through the notebook at times, and I can reread that, and I can refocus that. And sometimes I can re-pray that prayer if the Lord is guiding me 
in that direction. Overall, though, at the end of the day, I know it's the impact that's come from spending time in God's Word daily. Now, I'm often asking the question, um, well, when should I spend time in God's Word? In the morning, at night, at lunch? When, when, what's the best time? If you're not spending any time in God's Word right now, the best time is any time from midnight to uh, the next midnight, I guess, that 24-hour cycle. Any time is good if you're not spending any time in God's Word. But if you've been spending time in God's Word and you just feel like, you know, uh, I'd love to take another step. Um, some of you are not morning people. I understand that. Um, but starting your day with the Lord, some way, shape, or form, starting your day in God's Word. Um, you know, it may be for you, and this is what I often designed for my college students when I was at Trinity, is designing just a simple, small devotion that they start in the day that's tied to something later in God's Word that they come back to. Um, but some way, shape, or form, getting into God's Word in the morning and letting your day start refreshed and focused by what God wants to guide you in that day. Hey, at the end, at the end of it all, the question is, how much time do we really spend with God? And how often is your Bible open? And how often during the day are you engaged in Christian conversation? Remember, your Christian growth is directly connected to the time you spend in God's Word. This semester, I'm pretty excited about what God has for us and what he's going to be doing here. I'm, I'm super excited about next week and our, our Check It Out Sunday, as I know uh, many of you have said you are as well. But I can guarantee you, as a body, as a body of believers here, we will never stay in line with what God wants us to do and be if we're not a people that stays connected with his word, collectively and individually staying connected. And in that, our Christian growth happens. A phrase I've used with you in the past, and I wanted to, to end with it today on this sheet, is simply this. As we grow in our Christian walk, growth is really boiled down to this. It's giving everything I know of myself to everything that I know of God. If right now I have this understanding of who I am right now, and I have some knowledge about God that I've learned over the years and, and being his follower and being in God's word, I keep surrendering everything I know of myself to everything I know of him. But here's the incredible thing, and that's why I put it in the circle, that as I keep surrendering what I know of myself to what I know of him, I keep learning more about him, and I keep learning more about myself, and I learn more about him and myself. And there's this, this depth that keeps happening as I, as I keep giving everything I know of myself to everything I know of God. I know this, when you want to get serious with God and really start locking in with him, he starts to rise these little dark areas of your life. Have you ever noticed that? Things you have to start to deal with now, things you say, I had, I had no idea um, that that was part of my life, or I didn't know that was affecting my life. And we have to start dealing with those type of things. But you know what? Um, God allows us to surrender before him based on what we kind of know about him right now. But God wants us to keep learning more and more, being in his word. So everything I know of myself to everything I know of God. So this morning, as we close up, keep your self-evaluation going. Keep that going, asking yourself, what, what does it look like in my life? The more you spend time with something, the more it just comes out every day in your conversation, in your life, and how you live. And that's the kind of people God would want us to be. So back to school, you only really need one book. Get into God's Word. Get into God's Word. If you've been in God's Word and you, you're wanting to get more understanding, by all means, jump into some of these areas and, and let, it be, let it be a help to you.
but don't stop being in God's word. All right, well, let's, let's pray. Father, thank you for, for this morning and just, just, a, just a reminder from you on how powerful your word is and how, how much we can receive when we get into your word. And Lord, how you want to speak to our lives and change us and challenge us. And Lord, I know that in, in a group, even this size this morning, Lord, that there's those that um, have probably been, maybe the word's even stubborn to you, Lord, and not wanting to spend time. And, and the excuses have been out there, whether we don't like to read or don't have time or those type of things, Father. But overall, Lord, you so desire to grow us deeper and deeper in you. And you have so much more to offer our lives as we surrender before you and receive of you. And I just pray this morning that that would begin for every single one of us with being in your word, opening up the Bible and spending time reading and studying and being transformed. Lord, in all of our time, would you not leave us the same as we spend time in your word? We pray in your son's name. Amen.